reason these disturbances, they followed you to a new home, is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out of the sharks, took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back! Oh! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, My name is Robert Hawkins. Approximately seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city. Um, if you found this, if you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm, I'm, I'm coming here. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon that all, all save one, shall follow. They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? This is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm not bad. How are you, Phil? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Excellent. How was work today? Yeah, you know, same old. Yeah, same. yeah, same old, same old. Yeah. All right, very well. Uh, so, uh, who, folks who have uh, stumbled upon us, who we are, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network and uh, the Dark Discussions Podcast, which is the first podcast of the network. Our website is www.darkdiscussions.com. We do have an email, darkdiscussions at aol.com, or just press the contact us menu choice on darkdiscussions.com, and you can email us that way as well. We will read your emails on the podcast. Also, uh, we have other things on the podcast, including, I mean, not the podcast, but on the, the network, including uh, uh, multiple podcasts uh, that will include your co-hosts here, but also uh, other podcasts with different co-hosts. And we have news and articles and things of that nature as well. Uh, Eric, also, what else can people find on that website? Well, they can find a link to our Patreon account. Patreon is a service that allows you to financially contribute to our online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like uh, domain names and web hosting and movie rentals and computer equipment and so on and so forth. So if you would like to help us offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. For any $5 per month that you contribute, you'll have the option to submit a topic for us to possibly do on the show. We draw one choice at random from our patron submissions once a quarter. Uh, any and all contributions are greatly appreciated because Phil's bleeding money. <laughs> there you go. Uh, also, uh, Mike, uh, what can folks do? 
Also, Mike, what can folks do on Apple Podcasts and places like that? They can go and leave us a review. Five stars if possible. Uh, that helps raise our profile, get us noticed, get us more hits, and helps get the word out. Indeed. And so what does Dark Discussions do exactly? The podcast. Uh, the podcast basically talks about uh, films. So horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno thrills, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, foreign films, drive-in theater, cult films, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Um, all right. That's pretty much what I got here for the house cleaning, if we have time at the end of the episode, we'll discuss what we've been watching or maybe genre news or any of those type of things. Uh, but one other thing before we do get into our topic tonight, we are recording this on July 21st, 2022. Uh, the reason we are giving that notice is because sometimes these episodes do not come out immediately after they're recorded. Um, for example, the next couple of podcasts will be older episodes recorded due to uh, myself, Mike, and Barrett, who will be at Scarezac here during that weekend. And so we will have uh, episodes queued up to go while we're gone. Uh, so by the time you hear this, uh, that convention will probably be over. Also, um, um, that pretty much... I guess, uh, was it, except I wanted to mention that the individual who was always curious when we record is Pam, one of our listeners. And so that's why we, uh, announced the date and timestamp of each recording. All right. I think that's pretty much it. So I think we can get into our topic tonight. So, uh, Eric, uh, what are we going to, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about a Macedonian movie currently available for rent VOD called You Won't Be Alone.
That's right. Uh, you won't be alone, which also can be found on Peacock for those who Peacock. have Peacock streaming Peacock. service, at least at least in the United States. Uh, <laughs> and it's also a song by uh, Katy Perry, as a matter of fact. Uh, the film is directed by Goran Stolovesky, who uh, is a Macedonian by ancestry, though he has joint citizenship in Australia and has done numerous work in Australia. Uh, the film has a multi-national cast, including uh, Numi Rapace, uh, who's Swedish, but also Carlotto Coda, who is uh, Portuguese, and then various other folks, such as Sarah Kimoska, who is the star, Anna Maria Marinka, Alice Englert, Felix Maritad, and others. Uh, I believe Sarah Kimoska and Anna Maria Marinka out of the lead, so the only two that are actually Macedonian. Um, and it's an interesting way that the director is able to get um, some of the leads who don't speak Macedonian uh, to uh, actually be in this film, uh, because it is a period piece from, I think, the 1800s. Uh, so um, taking place completely in Macedonia, known as North Macedonia by the UN, but uh, locally is simply called Macedonia. They had to, uh, quote-unquote, change their name uh, to uh, get acceptance into the EU from uh, Greece, because Greece was upset that Macedonia, when it became independent from Yugoslavia, uh, chose the name Macedonia, and Macedonia is historically also known as part of Greece, and they thought it was a... A land grab, uh, but it was not. Uh, Macedonia is a, a Slavic country and a Slavic nation. No one cares. And, and no one cares except, <laughs> I guess, myself. All right. Um, Everybody sing it with me. They're all sweets to me. They're all <laughs> sweets to me. <laughs> I hope to marry you. They're all sweets the- to me. One of the, the, the most famous person in the film is a Swede, Numi Rapace. Anyway, um, the film just came out. Uh, as Eric mentioned, uh, this year uh, at Sundance and then uh, released everywhere in uh, the United States, at least, on April 1st. It comes out in Australia, which is uh, the director slash screenwriter's um, nation, uh, or we're, we're, even though he is Macedonian ethnically, uh, on the 25th of August. So uh, we'll be talking about the film even before uh, a lot of nations get it. Um, all right, that's pretty much all I got. Um, and I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. Uh, so let's start with you, Barrett. Um, I heard about this film because of you guys. Um, I'm still processing this film. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this film. Uh, it's well shot it is an okay movie it felt a little slow to me um but generally i enjoyed it uh some of the concepts especially um but it was not i don't know that it'll be in my top 10 or 20 just because it felt a little slow to me 
didn't hold my attention. And, I, you know, I have problems with subtitles. And so I had to rewind a few times because my attention wandered and I missed something or whatever. So. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go over here, Mike. Okay. I got to be honest. Uh, I'm kind of where Barrett is. I have uh, a problem yesterday when I was planning on watching the film uh, and that I ended up uh, taking a fall and hurting my foot. Uh, at one point, I thought it might have been broken and it just ended up being a bad sprain. But I was in the emergency room for a while. By the time I got home, uh, I didn't really have a chance to watch the film. But I only got like two hours of sleep before I had to go to school this morning. So I tried to watch it when I came home uh, with uh, the aforementioned Pam. And uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't stay awake through the entire thing. And I've kind of gone back to, to fill in the blanks. So I'm kind of catching it a little bit piecemeal and I am not didn't get the full thing. And having a film, which is, this is the film, which is slowly paced, and it's a quiet film. Uh, there's not a lot of, like, big boom action sequences or suspense sequences. It's just, you know, at a very kind of even keel for most of it. And it's a great thing to, to make you not off. Sam said to me, okay, I'm confused. I don't know if I fell asleep or something, but I'm confused. So she had a problem. She was looking forward to the film and she seemed to have a problem following what was going on. I think I've pieced it together, uh, but if I'm going to fairly rate it, I have to watch it again. But this is definitely going to go into that definitely not for everybody. If you like art house horror, this could be out hard, that this could be up your alley. Uh, it's got some interesting ideas. It's got some interesting concepts, but you know, I would definitely not recommend this for the like typical Halloween kills crowd. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Eric. Um, I actually heard about this on uh Jay of the Dead's new horror movie podcast uh, a few months ago. Uh, he was recommending it and he, he pretty much gave the same, same warning that Mike just did that. It's very, very slow. Uh, and might not be for everybody. Um, I, I, here's the thing. I enjoyed this movie. I think it's a good movie. Um, is it a great horror movie? Eh, maybe not so much. Uh, I don't think it's going to make my list at the end of the year for horror movies. Uh, but not because it wasn't a good movie. Um, because I think it was more movie than horror. If that makes any sense. Um, I think uh, the director, the director of this movie um, is really trying to say something about human behavior. Um, and I found that actually kind of interesting, um, but I didn't find it particularly scary or disturbing. Although <laughs> I would like to note that I watched it with my friends, Dan and Susie. And uh, there was a thing with fingernails in this movie. And for some reason, Dan found that really, really upsetting. Uh, so I was laughing at him for a lot of the movie because he kept on averting <laughs> his eyes anytime that happened. Um, I, but yeah, I, I, overall, I don't think that's that's as bad as hot dog fingers. <laughs> overall, I enjoyed the movie, uh, but like like Mike said, I don't know if I'd recommend it for everybody. Uh, if you're into the slow art house thing, then check it out. Uh, what did uh, Dan and his wife think of the film? They liked it. I mean, Dan didn't like the the fingernail thing, but they they both thought the movie overall was pretty good. 
All right, sounds good. Um, all right, for me, uh, I heard about it because uh, just scrolling through Apple uh, movies on uh, Apple uh, TV, or uh, basically it was one of the films that was popping up for their top 40-something horror films that were being rented or whatever. And I saw it had new Rapace, and I saw it had really good reviews. Um, so that's how I heard about it. Um, and uh, my thoughts on the film, um, I went in completely blind, so I, I had no idea what the film was going to be about. I didn't even know it was going to be a period piece until it started. The only reason I knew it was subtitled was because uh, I asked Eric because um, I had seen on Facebook that he, Dan, and, and Dan's wife were watching it. So I asked him if it was subtitled, and he said it was. So at least I was pre- prepared for that. Um, I uh, actually uh, liked the film uh, a pretty good amount. Um, it is everything that uh, everyone here has said, which is it's very slow and and a quiet film and art house for sure. Uh, it is a horror film for sure. Uh, most of the c- critics state it as a horror and says that it's an excellent take on a horror film because it's it's kind of new what they do. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that it was a witch film because witch is a probably my second See favorite. The witch! Yes, yes. Uh, witch is a probably my second favorite horror creature after the the alien, the gray. Um, so which is a number two that for some reason they just spooked me out, especially when it's black magic and, and stuff like that. Uh, and it has had most certainly a, a really, uh, scary, uh, witch at points, especially near the beginning when you didn't know what was going on and, and you're learning about the witch. Um, the fingernail thing that Eric mentions is pretty awesome. Actually. Uh, it's kind of, of a, a coming of an age film, but it's also, exactly what Eric said too, where the director is trying to say something about humanity and using an outsider or a witch, um, to make that discovery. Um, we saw another film earlier this year that we have an episode on that hasn't been released, uh, yet. And I forget the name of that film, but it takes place in upstate New York and it's by the same. What? The seller. No, it's New York's New York State. The the one about the the one the people that live near you that make films, the independent family. I forget the name of the, the film. Oh crap! That oh, was like uh, from two years ago. Hellbender. No. Yeah, Hellbender, the new one. Yeah. Or about a year ago, wasn't it? No, we recorded it earlier this year. Uh, oh, really? I thought it was much older. Um, okay. So it's kind of like that film, but uh, this one uh, obviously is a period piece, and. It had the same idea about a person that is a witch that is outside of society and has to figure out what's going on. Uh, but this one here, I think, did it way better um, because the witch was uh, didn't succumb necessarily to the evil um, and was more uh, misunderstood. And, and like, like Eric said, the director was trying to figure out or tell us something about people in general. Uh, so, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, it's definitely not for everybody as Eric and Mike and everybody said. Um, but I could see this as a possible top five or top 10 horror film of the year for me. Um, but again, it will determine, uh, when the, uh, what our, what else we see by the end of the year. 
but yeah, yeah, I think it was pretty good. Uh, just the, the warning is it's it's not for the Halloween kills crowd, as Mike mentioned. All right, so uh, that's pretty much our thoughts on the film. So, uh, Eric, do we have uh, IMDb or Wiki? Wiki, Wiki. In an isolated mountain village in the 19th century Macedonia, sorry, I added a word there. That was my fault, not theirs. In 19th century Macedonia, a young girl is kidnapped and then transformed into a witch by an ancient spirit. All right. Um... I don't know if it's a Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but whatever. We'll go with it. Yeah, Close yeah. enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. An ancient, yeah, I mean, ancient witch, I would think, not an ancient spirit. But go on. Mike. It, I was going to say, one thing I want to point out is this is not a, um, this is a witch, but it's also not a witchy witch. <laughs> Meaning, like, there's no spells or enchantments. This is a witch. Well, with fairly, no, you're completely uh, wrong on that point. Yeah, I'm with Eric. Yeah, I was. I, mean, I agree. Yeah, she was pretty, pretty wicked, black magicy. The the not, oh, not she, she basically the has a as a as a power set. I mean, she's seemingly immortal. Uh, kind of uh, changes shape, takes kills others. Yeah, takes that's not a spell. Others. I wouldn't say that's it's now. In other words, she's not like casting curses on people. <laughs> All right. Well, so that depends on how you look at it. When she does the claw thing, when she does the claw thing, she's kind of casting a spell on them and no, making I'm them. I'm just saying it's very. I'm saying it's a it's a bit it's, of a different type of witch than if you're is. used to your. Yeah, and spitting your, that spitting, I will agree your, with. Your, yeah, it's, it's not a mark as a witch. Spitting the blood on someone and casting the spell. Yeah, yeah you're it, right. Right. These are called for some reason they, they call them in the wolf eatress. That right. that's. So eateress or something like that, yeah. Yeah, wolf eateress, right, right. Which is must be it's a some different sort of implementation of wish than we've seen before. And, and that's right. what I'm saying. It's a, it's not a what at least from our cultural perspective, because I have no idea what the Swedish witches are like. Um, what is messed It's a it's a different type of witch. Yeah, it's right, not right. the witches. It's not hocus pocus. It's not Margaret Hamilton. Almost more demonic than yeah. Mm. Yeah, almost it like was a like half, I said, half demon type thing. Yeah, it's kind of like Hellbender almost. All right, yeah. very much. That was that was a good comparison, Phil. Um, and I and I, I want to circle back around to what Eric was saying about not being a horror film. Well, and, I didn't say it wasn't a horror film. I said it was more movie than horror. Or, or okay, if that's how you want it. But that's, that's anytime you get a film. Is this a twenty four? It feels like a twenty four. It does. <laughs> I don't. I don't I know if it is, but yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying. All right. Yeah. So, no, it's an Australian release. Uh, Screen Australia is the name of the company that released it. Okay. So, but and, and volcanic media, which is Macedonia. Okay. Whenever you get those those kind of films, you always get people arguing: is it or is it not a horror film? Uh, because mm. it has a witch. Because you see things and people killed, and there are there is some some bloody scenes in here. Uh, I, I think it fits in that genre, right? I'm not um, going to argue that it's not a horror film. I just uh, I, let me rephrase my comment, uh, which is that I didn't find it particularly scary. Right. But I'm also thinking, which is where I was going to go with this. I don't know. It's hard because we're horror people. <laughs> I, I can imagine if grandma goes to see this, unless or you know, damn. Grandma, Cassandra Peterson, 
<laughs> you might find events in this film to be horrific, but like like the 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 killings in it aren't staged in a way that's graphic or shocking, in a way that horror fans are really necessarily going to get into. A lot of things are presented kind of matter of fact as opposed to sort of exploitation-y. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. really, let's be honest, horror films have that exploit, uh, exploitation element. So, yeah, it does have a weird vibe and a weird feel to it if you're looking for horror. But again, I think that's going to be a very much your mileage varies because if you're because there are people like that just can't handle death and violence in movies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it happens to dogs or children, and you but, get a little uh, bit of dogs that. and cats die in this one. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, not going to argue on, on the point gross. of the horror movie or not. <laughs> what I will say, I, was, is I, I didn't think... mean that, but I was just I was just circling back around to what because I think it was an interesting point. But I think you you made a good point is that it's not staged, it's not toned like a horror film. It fits there, but it, it doesn't have that same feeling. That right. again, I, think the, I think the director was actually more concerned uh, with making his commentary on human behavior than making a scary movie. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So this is but this is not a movie to watch on Halloween. But yeah. I will say the the first fifteen minutes or so I felt was 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 pretty scary, at least for me. Again, witches kind of just freaked me out anyway. And when we are introduced to the witch, it, it's pretty it's pretty uh, uh, disturbing for me anyway. And uh, so I felt the whole film up until the point when um, the witch kills the wolf. And disappears for a bit, uh, at least kind of truly horror, even if it did have a lot of uh, voiceover um, art housey stuff. But you're right. The second hour and, and 15 minutes of the film, or hour at least, the last hour anyway, um, is more drama or movie, as Eric said, rather than true horror, even if there is deaths. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the deaths aren't so much, hey, let's do these scary kills. It's, hey, uh, this person wants to accomplish this, and in order to do that, somebody needs to die. Yeah, right, right. Yep. Or, or there's accidental killings or, or things of that nature. Yep. Um, all right, so so that's uh, the wiki and IMDb. Uh, what, what we usually do here on Dark Discussions Podcast for the new listeners or for those who are regular participants in listening to our podcast, uh, what we do is we not only review the film that we discuss, but we also critique and dissect. So what that means is that we get into specific scenes, including spoilers, uh, the ending, uh, basically what the director and screenwriters are trying to state not just is the film a thumbs up or thumbs down. So at a certain point in this podcast, we will throw up a spoiler alert and talk about anything and everything related to the film. Uh, Prior to that, we'll do kind of what Mike has already done, which is discuss (laughs) things about the film in general. Like, is this really a horror film or not, or things of that nature. Um, now, Eric, uh, we're going to want to throw the spoiler up pretty soon uh, tonight because it's going to be really hard to talk about this movie without talking about the central um, mechanism. True, true. That, that is true. Um, 
So yeah, we'll, we'll do that very shortly. Uh, I just wanted to ask anybody if they wanted to discuss anything. Uh, that's. I wanted to state one thing. I don't think this movie is a Numi Rapace vehicle. Like she's not. She's in a a part of the film, but not like through the whole thing. And um, mm-hmm. so, if you're going expecting to see her through the whole movie, she's not in it all the way. So yeah, Phil was all excited about Numi Rapace. I was like, I don't know if that's gonna mean what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, really, I, especially because of the the main character's issues. So right, right. I actually it feels like one of those she did a favor for a friend kind of films. It does, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, I mean, they use her on the poster and they prominently display her name and all that, and and she does have a. a a fairly decent sized role, not just a walk on. However, um, Barrett is a hundred percent right. Um, she's a supporting character in the film and not the lead, except for maybe a, a 15 to, to yeah, about 15 minute section of the film. And then, then she pretty much disappears after that. Um, the, the thing that's interesting about it is that since I was just thinking exactly what Eric, you, you mentioned, which is, I was all excited it was a new replace film because I like her as an actress. I actually thought maybe she was the the disfigured witch at first for, mm-hmm. for a good portion of the film. And then when she appears in the film later, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, okay, I made a mistake. And 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 then that's when I discovered that um, she was yeah, really just a supporting character, like, like you said, Barrett. So that, that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, I would For like obvious to reasons, I thought the, uh, the I thought the cinematography in this movie was fantastic. There were there were lots of shots yeah. in this movie that were just gorgeous. Agreed. Oh, absolutely. It was really really good. It was, it was uh, so, some of the best uh, filmography I, I've seen, um, and they were able to be, keep it really um, uh, realistic to the time period uh, in the country that that. Uh, you know Macedonia, where where it takes place. Uh, Mike, you were going to say something. Well, I was going to say, for obvious reasons, the the way the film is structured, I don't know if you could say there's an actor who's the lead actor or actress in this that, film. That, that is a really mm-hmm. good point. There was a clear lead character, right? Yeah. Right. But lots and lots of actors portraying that character. Um. So yeah, and I and I briefly, I think they did a. Now I have no idea what Sweden was like back then. But uh, I found it interesting, like getting uh, little snippets of their culture and how they did things, you know, like the the, there was a wedding ceremony and and other stuff. And it's just giving a little bit of a window into the weird and obviously very, very wrong ways other cultures do things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. also. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Phil. Sorry. No, and I was and I was going to say also it, it is a a period piece too. So I assume weddings were much different, you know, 150 years ago anyway, or 160 years ago. But anyway, go on, Bert. I was going to say this movie felt really surreal to me, and that was one of the things that you know just kept me watching the movie, even though at times it felt slow. It was just so surreal. I you know it felt weird, and with the the background um, narrative uh, just, it was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is an interesting film too, because uh, again, since it's what Eric said, um, uh, uh, 
director trying to, and a screenwriter, which is the same person, trying to say something about people in general. So the age of, of the lead character and her sexuality and all that um, oddly made the film um, um, quote-unquote sexy in a way, which was kind of weird, because it, it isn't supposed to be a, a, a romantic film or or a, or a exploitation film at all. But because of the person discovering um, her her uh, her sexuality, I guess in in many forms, um, it it kind of like like was was one of the big plot points throughout the film. I felt so so that was interesting. Um, the film is really interesting just for the, what Eric said, which is it. The director was trying to say a lot of things. Um, and, and, yeah, once uh, once we throw up the spoiler flag, I will I'll, I will give my thesis as to what I think he was doing. Sure, sure. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up in general uh, related to the film? All right, sounds good. So uh, I guess we will, uh, at this point, uh, throw up the spoiler alert then. So uh, you, at this point, uh, if you haven't seen the film and you may want to see the film, uh, it is available anywhere VOD is found uh, at the time of this recording. Once again, July 21st, 2022. Uh, it's available for free for Peacock streaming uh, subscribers. And then, of yeah. course, it's available for rental anywhere uh, you can rent movies. Uh, disc, uh, I, I have not uh, bothered checking, but I'm sure if you really do, you can search and look for it. All right, so the spoiler is up, and uh, at this point we will talk about anything and everything. So I'm not sure who would like to start. Well, I I have a question about the beginning, so let's yeah. start there. Um, so that first 15 minutes you're talking about, Phil, you're talking about... Um, the witch coming to the village and, and stealing or trying to take the baby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she kills a cat and, and sneaks yeah, in as a cat. rough year for cats in movies. Yeah, that's the third or fourth one four. now. Yeah. This is number four. Jesus. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, a dog, too, by the way. Dog. Yep, yep. <laughs> but uh, so the Monkey. witch shows up to, to take this baby and the, and the mother basically begs her. Uh, to keep her until she's 16, and then she'll give her up. What I, yeah. I didn't understand yep. is that, um, so so the witch does something to the baby, so she cuts her vocal cords or something, um, so she can't speak. Yep. But then after the witch leaves, the mother takes the baby out to this cavern in in the woods. That I I don't know is. A holy place or something. That's um, she she was doing the sign of the cross when she goes in there. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah it seems like it's holy. Yeah. Yeah. So what I didn't understand is because it seems like she thought that putting the baby in there would keep her safe, yep. and I don't understand why she felt she needed to do that if she made an agreement with a witch that she wasn't going to take her until she's sixteen. Yeah. Well, this is this is what I got. Arc is that basically. Before the film starts, and even before uh, the baby was born, it appears that the mother made some sort of deal with this witch. And I'm not quite sure what it was, and they're not necessarily 
explicit what it was. But either way, it, it was had something to do with where she would have to promise the child to the witch. And so the witch agreed that, okay, I won't take the baby until she's 16. But being cruel as the witch is, she decides to mute, make the girl mute, the baby mm-hmm. mute. So the mother, I think, was planning to hide the baby in this holy place. Uh, and again, this is Eastern Orthodox uh, Christianity. Uh, you can you see it with the dress and, and, and the type of hats the men wear later in the film. And and in this, this cavern, which is, I guess, a religious place for, for the Macedonian Orthodox Church, the point was is that I don't think the mother was going to ever let the daughter out of that build, that that cave. So even the witch couldn't go in there, right? Right, right. So if the clearly witch, she could, I know well, that's, that's clearly she was there. wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah. have to have faith for that to work. But <laughs> yeah. So so basically, I think what the mother was expecting was is that she could keep her daughter in there forever. Even though that that isn't much of an end game, but again, when you're being the daughter too, right? But when you're being <laughs> hunted by a witch, I, I, I guess you, you you don't necessarily think straight. So by the time she turns sixteen, even though that's a holy place, again, a holy place can 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 be holy, but it doesn't necessarily mean evil people or evil. Cr- individuals can't go into a holy place. I mean, we, we've seen people go into churches and, and shoot people in churches in, in, the, in the real world. So the witch, for whatever reason, decides to keep her bargain and honor it and not take the girl until she turns 16. And that's when she finally enters the cavern. Right. And so I, I get all that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then why did the mother feel that she needed to be in the cavern the whole time? That's the part I don't understand. I, I, I don't think, either. I think, so, she, I, think she, I think she didn't believe the witch would honor. Okay. Jail. And I also think she could pull a father Callahan from Salem's lot and, and be able to betray the witch and never give the daughter to the witch by keeping mm-hmm. her in the cave, even after the age of 16, even mm-hmm. though, that wasn't well, ever going to be the case. I also wonder if she thought her daughter was already tainted by what the witch did to her because she yells out and says the witch took her child, right? So nobody knows that yeah. that child's alive. Now, the other um, thing is that... Right. Okay, so there's a couple of possibilities as I'm thinking about this. Because, Eric, you made a great point. It is a contractual loophole. Clearly, <laughs> Dan has rubbed <laughs> off on you. Um... <laughs> Right, because of so why do that if because the girl could have had fifteen good years, right? Exactly, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think Phil raises a good point. Do you trust a witch? Um. So do you trust her to keep her word? Right. Mm-hmm. The the witch asks. I apologize because I was I was ruminating. Uh, so if I missed anybody saying it, so the the witch she proposes this to the witch, and the witch is like, "What you expect me to take your word for it?" And so. You know, she needs something more, and so it's the pack sealed in blood. And the woman has to cut herself, and then that's when the witch does a thing. And I hadn't—I—I I was with you, Eric. I don't know what the fuck she did 
do the baby, and now we know she basically like cut her vocal cords or took her tongue or something. Mm-hmm. Because like right. when we next see her when she's an adult, isn't she like spitting out a tooth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I was like, I, yeah. so I and, was and really, then when she and when she turns into the the Numi Rapace later in the film, the first thing she does besides uh, dance around is she touches her tongue and pulls out her tongue and looks at it. So maybe yeah. it was the tongue that was ripped out. Mm, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So I, I, there's always the possibility because uh, being a Swedish film, something got lost in the translation, in the dialogue. So there's always a possibility. Um, but I also think, right, she doesn't want to have to explain why the daughter disappears when she's 16 years old. And oh, yeah. might not want to just go to the villagers, hey, I just made a pact with the witch. Oh, okay. Right. Maria. Uh, right. And so this it's... way, she she keeps the daughter alive, but she explains the disappearance. She doesn't admit to having done what she did. Um, and because there there would be questions like you said, because of what she did. Well, what happened to the daughter's tongue? Well, if it was Old Maid Maria who took the tongue, why is she still alive? Because Old Maid Maria goes around killing children and other things because they need blood to survive. This is about sort uh-huh. of a witch pyre here going on. Um, and there's just too many questions you have to answer. So fuck it, put her in a hole, as all children should be put <laughs> into a hole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's also necessary to set up what this director is trying to do, uh, I think, which is that uh, I think basically the director's goal with this movie is to say, hey, if you were locked in a cave until you were 16 years old and didn't have any societal conditioning at all, how fucking weird would it be? To try and enter society and pick up on all of our unwritten rules. Because um, that's really what this movie is about. This is this girl who's been kept in a cave. Um, the the witch comes back to collect her um, and, and kills the biological mother. And it's at that point that we figure out that the witches have the ability to take on the shape of something they kill uh they just have to take uh, like i don't know if it's a specific body part um or just any old organ will do um but they basically open up a little pocket in their chest and and stuff some innards in there from the person they just killed to take on their form which is kind of gross Uh, (laughs) (laughs) just a little (laughs) seems to be pretty effective um and so uh, the witch collects the girl and like Mike was just saying, witches need blood to, to get their power. Um, so the, the witch is trying to teach her, Hey, you want to, you want to drink the blood of animals to get your power. Uh, but this girl, she just wants to pet the bunny. Uh, she just wants to play with a fish. Uh, and so the witch is like, you're fucking dumb. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Be gone. I'm done with you. Uh, and just <laughs> leads her to her own devices. That has to be like the most disappointing 16-year deal that she's ever made. Especially <laughs> because it's her one and only that she can make, right? Yes, apparently right. witches have one what they call witch spit, uh, <laughs> which is that they can can scratch somebody's chest, spit blood in, and then set it on fire and it turns them into a witch. Right. Um, 
which is the fingernail thing that Dan really didn't like. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so basically, the most of this movie is this sixteen-year-old girl uh, going around uh, and getting herself in trouble because she doesn't understand the rules of human society and taking on the shape of different people and learning the rules of society while being in those shapes. Um, and eventually makes the best choice, I believe, in taking the shape of a young girl who had fallen and injured herself. Um, because nobody expects children to know the rules. So she was able to, to take the shape of a child and grow up in that shape and learn the rules of society and eventually get married. And I really think that was the point of this movie is the director saying, how would you figure out the rules of human society? If you'd been locked in a cave for the first 16 years of your life, because a lot of the shit we do doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? There's, there's a couple of interesting things you said there, Eric, because first off her mother gets killed by the witch when she turns 16. So the, the mm -hmm. mother was like inconsequential. The witch is, is basically <laughs> a, uh, um, you know, no, no emotional, no emotions at all. So, so once, once the deal's done, kill the mother. I don't care. You know, Oh, I did. Oh, okay. Whatever. So she takes the farm of the mother for a bit. And since our girl hasn't seen any people, but her mother since, you know, the age of three months or two months, um, she just assumes that this witch is her mother, um, because the mother takes the farm of her mother. And then when she finally turns back to the witch, the girl just assumes that her mother was the witch the whole time. And the thing that's interesting that you said, Eric, is that the witch gets so fed up with the girl that she just leaves her and says, the heck with this, I'm out of here. And this is probably, this is interesting too, even for, for I guess, the witch world, because most witches, when they take over and and, and create another witch, you figure they do it with a girl that's or a boy that's that's just in normal society. So for her to make this deal and then the mother keeps the girl away for 16 years, this witch is now stuck with a girl that has no societal understanding. And so is actually a liability to the witch versus, say, you know, other witches who've created witches who were either full grown or were babies that were brought up by the witch themselves. And so understand how to act and behave. So that's the first thing that's interesting too, I think. And the second thing that's interesting is that, like you said, the girl, there, there's a mortally wounded girl that fell off like a, a cliff or a ledge or whatever. And the baby, the girl is going to die. So the witch, the girl, witch, the 16 year old, takes the form of the little girl and then is be able to be brought up by the parents and, and eventually becomes friends with a, a little boy and they fall in love and they get married and she has her own family and, and her own kids and she can be a human. And, and the thing that's interesting about that is could we argue that the director is trying to say that a, if you grow up, in a normal family and live a normal life that 
that is how or what makes a good society? Or am I overthinking that? And he, and he just wanted uh, to share. I, I don't know if he's going that far. I just yeah. I think he's basically saying that um, the the act of knowing or, or not the act the <laughs> I'm having trouble finding words. Um, basically, the rules of society are such that if you're just placed there and expected to know how to behave, you will fail. Uh, and the only reason we end up in a place where we can behave is because we're we're exposed to it over the, the course of years and years and uh, just pick up stuff along the way. It's not like you can be set in the middle of a society and all of a sudden understand it. Sure. Well, and but, I think he's uh, also saying more than that, like, because you have the dichotomy of the older witch Maria who <laughs> grew up in society and then shunned it and hated it and thought that she would have the same experience that she did, that got she that, would got, be, got, you mm-hmm. know, attacked and driven out and everything. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at, Barrett, because like we've all known people who've grown up in, in terrible situations. You know, we all lucked out and, and came from fairly good good families or good parents, even if some of us may have had a divorce in the family or not. Generally, all our parents, based off of my understanding from talking to all you folk, including my own, were really good folks and, and, and brought us up to be who we are today and, and fairly well-adjusted. And any issues we have are the same issues that any general person uh, would have just for being alive. At least as you far know. as anybody can prove. Right. Yeah. So, but but the people that I've known that have had terrible childhoods, um, you know, whether it's friends or, or girls I've dated or whatever, they, they've they've yeah they, they've had mental health issues, behavioral health issues. They've had. Uh, uh, made bad choices in life. They've done things that most people wouldn't do to, I guess, survive or, or whatever. Because or, or drastically different uh, opinions on on morals and ethics or whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying. So, like this, the witch mother, she is kind of like the, that people. Someone that that had a terrible. Uh, life and became bitter, angry, upset, mm-hmm. and then get screwed over by life. Well, and understandably and then, so, as the, yes. after what happened to her. Yes, right. don't get me right. wrong. Right. I, I, I understand how, where she's coming from too. But, but, that, that, but that's 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 my point. Is that you know while this other girl who the the young witch, the sixteen year old who comes from obviously some sort of dysfunctional family. Though had a loving mother, even if the mother um, was paranoid because she was being chased by a witch, she chooses eventually, after seeing all the the things that could happen, chooses to live the life of a, a little girl that's loved by her parents and then becomes a fine citizen, finds mm-hmm. a, 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 her best friend's the boy that she marries and they have children and life generally would have been really good if of course the witch mother didn't exist. So maybe, maybe that's what he's trying to say that. Well, and, and there's a line at the end of the movie when the witch mother comes back. Um, Cause basically 
the the I think the witch mother gets just mad um, oh, yeah. that it's all working out for this girl, uh, and so she it's implied that she takes the shape of a boar and kills her husband. Um, and right. then that's well, strongly that's, implied, very strongly implied. Yes, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, if I can't have a good life, you can't either. Yep, and yeah, and then shows up later and uh, slits the throat of her baby. And at that point, the girl, without even thinking about it, uh, uses her witch spit on her baby. Um, and at that point, the witch mother looks at her and just says, "How was it so easy for you?" Yeah. So I don't well, know if she's referring to the decision to make her daughter a witch. Or um, save the daughter, actually. And, and, or live and in society. She's talking about yeah. the, the ease of making that choice, or whether she's talking about how she just fit in in human society so much easier than she did. Well, I, I think it's because the witch, and I'm not going to say, say sociopath, because I, that you know that's overused <laughs> by me, but <laughs> having read further in more of the detail... I won't even say antisocial personality disorder. I'll say that the witch has narcissistic personality disorder or borderline personality disorder, similar to like um, uh, Annie Wilkes or Wilk or whatever her name is from Misery. You know, we just did you don't that, have so to I, make everything into an actual uh, real life affliction, right? But it's a witch. That, yeah, that's true. But but I think that, like you said, Eric, that the director is really trying to say something else that. The witch is a damaged individual with some sort of behavioral health issue who can't understand love, who can't understand uh, uh, do unto others as others would do unto oh. you, can't understand uh, helping thy neighbor or falling in love with a boy or a child. Uh, boy, meaning, meaning, meaning. Uh, I think meaning. she understands those things. She just goes through things that make it very hard to care about any of that stuff because but, but that's my point you can can't understand find... it but you don't you can't empathize with it is what i mean well she well, i do empathize with what she went through up until she became the witch no I mean, no i'm she, talking about she... the Go witch ahead. does can't empathize with those feelings because in her because she's she's dead that way in other words her, you know that behavioral health issue she has makes her have no love but I don't think she was always dead. I don't think she was always dead. But oh, she's fairly she, she's she fairly free. old when she turns that way because yeah, she, yeah, she of free. her experience. Yeah, and then uh, she oh, lives a really long time. So, <laughs> no, but I think I think part one of the things that happens to her that makes her so um, unable and or not unable that makes her so bitter to see um, the success that this girl is having is that when she was younger, what she begged for was to, to get a husband. That's all um, she wanted. Somebody that would, that would give her a child. Um, and and that, that happens technically. Um, but she's forced to have sex with somebody who's diseased and dying, which is And she awful. gets it. <laughs> which is awful. Um, and then she gets sick herself. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd probably be kind of bitter if I were her too. And I think right. when you talk about things like sociopath, psychopath or whatever, and emotional damage, a lot of that is stuff that's happening that happens like in 
very young ages. Right. That influences you. Here, this well, is PTSD, just, PTSD at a PTSD, PTSD. This is a person who's been, who's fairly wronged by society, got dealt a whole bunch of shit that she didn't deserve and is pretty fucking angry and bitter about it. And I think most of us can agree with that, right? You, you, that, that is kind of justified. That you, the yes. anger is justified. Yes. Yeah. Now it may right. be misdirected, right? Because she she takes her anger out not on the people who wronged her, but it also but society in general. It also so, causes permanent mental damage as well. It could, but I don't know if it's the ones that you that that you frequently like to to go with. Unless I mean, I I'm not an expert. But I would like to hear maybe from someone who could specify exactly. Uh, Whoops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not medical doctors, so we can't diagnose. But if if you you know you go down the the list of things, you know, you you can seven out of twenty, you, then there's a chance that this person could be a narcissistic personality disorder. Personality disorder. But I, I don't even I don't even know. And I, I have a psychology degree, and I still wouldn't even attempt to try and di- diagnose her because <laughs> she's got about fifteen minutes of screen time at most, right? You know, yeah. it's um so. I, and, I, and figuring out the moral of the, the story, I think, is tough, and especially for me, since I kind of watched the film in and uh, in sequences out of order, catch up on the stuff I missed, and I'm kind of piecing it together in my head as we're talking, because uh, I kind of just finished doing that before we we started, right before we started. Um, I mean, you could. Not knowing the person, not knowing their their personal beliefs, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I could get a lot of things out of the film. Uh, you know, God, you could say, well, see, if you really want to be happy ladies, you just grow up, uh, get married, and have a baby. Because what woman doesn't want to have a baby? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or I don't, maybe that is what he's saying. I could certainly see somebody taking it, and I'm like, because I had missed a big chunk of the middle of the movie. I was like, is this the moral of the story? It's like, no, okay. But I, go, I think it's just a matter of he's seeing different things from different perspectives, as Eric said. This is a good way to have an outsider thing. This is, you know, where you can get, um, you can, she views, she even views us uh, humans from the point of view of a dog for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets to see it as an old woman, as a young woman, as a man. Um and she gets different perspectives. And I think a big part of it is, you know, that when she grows up in a, a loving home, she ends up being healthy and, and happy and well-adjusted. But when society treats you like shit, or you have a family that doesn't treat you well, you don't. And, you know, I've had a really weird five days because I keep bumping because I've just had like a whole bunch of kids from my past students pop up. One has disappeared when a 21 years old and there's like a, a bulletin trying to find what happened to her. Uh, one got sentenced to eight years in jail. Uh, I connected with another one who has uh, gotten a bit part as an extra in a film. And, you know, he admitted to me that he had, uh, this is a kid who was born with serious, serious deformities. Um, but he was in his, I think his senior year in high school, he told his mom that if he doesn't get help, he's, uh, not going to be there in a year. And it turned out they tested him and he had serious chemical imbalances 
and he's much better now. Um, so there's a so there's a kid who had all the reason in the world to be angry and bitter about his lot in life because of these serious deformities he was born with. But he had a loving mother who gave him help. You know, I had these, you know, then I've got another kid who went to prison because he came from a fucked up family. I mean, that's not the only reason. He had a lot of, he, he, you know, he was, you know, really smart, good looking, but just a fucking idiot. You know, just like, you know, um, you know, someone who couldn't follow the rules, didn't behave well was always pushing the limits. was always trying to get away with shit. And since his brother was the same way, I'm thinking go back to the family has a lot to do with that. Um, and he had all the advantages you could have had, except for that, that grounding in that experience. So I don't know, man, it's just, I think you could look at a lot of different ways and different perspectives of this. And I think even there, there's a thing you could argue that, hey, you know, if you're going to maybe you should try seeing things from other people's point of view before judging them, because, right, we're all judging, in theory, uh, old maid Maria for being the evil witch. And then when you find out her story, you go, eh, well, maybe she has a point. Yeah, yeah but you know what, Mike? Deal. Yeah, but, but, but again, we, 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 you know, a lot of, unfortunately... Uh, serial killers or whatever, they, you know, they come from really bad situations. And so it makes sense. And that, uh, why they're, they may have turned out the way they are, though. We do know people who've come from bad situations who become fine human beings and married and, and, and locked out with life. So I don't think that's necessarily an excuse. However, I don't think that's what, I was trying to say, nor what the director is necessarily trying to say either. I think the director is just trying to say that the girl chose the well-adjusted life at the end. And it shows that if you have that well-adjusted life, even if we don't think the the old witch is a villain, the person who has the well-adjusted life can come out where they would sacrifice their one witch spell and save their daughter without even thinking or, or the child, I should say, without even thinking about it, never mind love their best friend and marry their best friend as a young woman, you know, versus say, uh, not having that type of life. So I, I don't even know if he was trying to compare with the evil witch, but, but maybe just trying to use the evil witch as a cipher to create, the story because you need the evil witch to create the story. So the girl, well, and, 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 and never also to choose all these loving things. Yeah. Go on, Eric. Uh, there's also the aspect that at the end of the movie, um, Maria, uh, basically takes her well-adjusted life away from her. Uh, she kills her husband, uh, and makes her turn baby into a witch. Yep. Um, and I think if my memory serves me correctly prior to that, the other villagers have been like murmuring about maybe she's a witch because something or other. Uh, I didn't quite understand where their suspicions arose from. Um, but but, but I, am I making that up in my head or was that a thing in the movie? That was a thing. Okay. Yeah. She's got to give up her well-adjusted life at the end of the movie and split with her witch baby. Well, well, I don't know, but they said they were protect. They said she is one of them at one point as well when they're finding all that stuff out. So That's I don't right. know about that because I mean, yes, they it, are like, "You yeah. are one of us now." Right. So, not only not only does her husband 
not care and accept her after the secret mm-hmm. is, is told to him. Right. But Barrett's point is is the 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 people in the village considered her one of them, even if she was different, and were going to protect her against the witch if they could. So I think that's something also that the director's trying to say as well, that the witch, the girl, still had her individuality and yet was still loved mm, with that okay. difference by all the villages and stuff. So even if the villages, you know, it's it's like, you know, everybody could say, oh, you know, Phil's a little eccentric, whatever, but he's still one of us. He's a good guy. I'm not going to hate him because he's I would he's never weird. say that. I know, I know, but you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so, so they're, they're accepting of her as well. So I think that that's a point of the director as well, you know? Okay, I, I I misunderstood that at the end of the movie. I think, I thought she was not being accepted. I think ultimately the the message of the movie at the end is one of hope, like yeah. that somebody from the outside could come in and become part of this this group of people and become accepted, um, and, and, and then loved. and loved, and then the the person who is so bitter can't understand it how she could be this way. Um, I think that to me was the ultimate message I got out of it anyway. Mm. Okay. Right. Right. Well, and also I, th- I think it's, it's a positive aspect on society as well, because at least the small community, uh, because, you know, we've always seen films like Peyton's place or whatever, where, where nosy neighbors and gossip and all that shit is, you know, so you can see the worst of people too. But in this one here, th- it shows that, the girl, the witch girl, was able to become who she was because of all these people around her from that, you know, 25 years, whatever it was, that she grew up as a little girl to an adult woman married with a child. She became what she was because of all those people around her, too. Not just because, because again, like you right. said, before that, she had no idea what to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I think I think I think Barrett, you got your spot on. It's it's the movie is really a movie of hope. It really is. And it's, it's one thing. Yeah, go on. The, the one thing I'll say that is a little I won't say it's disingenuous that that, um, but the the problem is the lead character does have a choice here. Right. Because this character can jump into different lives and she ended up jumping into the life of a little girl who was being abused. She could have jumped into the and just said, fuck it, I'm out of here and, and gone someplace else. That is not an advantage all of us have. Right. That's true. And like you said, I, I, I I'm only going to speak for myself is that I, I whatever problems I've had in my life that were not of my own doing, because God knows there are plenty that are my own doing. <laughs> um, You know, it's. I, I I am blessed compared to the shit I've seen, you know, my students go through for the last 22 years. Well, it's um, interesting because Maria could have done the same thing. Right. Well, I guess she could have and it never occurred, but it, you know, she's also damaged, chased out, all the shit that was done to her. You could understand why she wanted to remove herself from society. Well, see, that's but what I, I'm saying. She, she's damaged. Right. Exactly. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> well, Maria, Maria, Maria I'm, I'm thinking Maria's like Carrie. Right. You know, where yeah. we totally would get Carrie killing the people that dumped the pig's blood on her. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. She kills everybody in the room. <laughs> Once that 
helped her, ones that mocked her, and ones that didn't know who the hell she was. <laughs> you know, she she just went fucking full uh, apocalypse oh, now on everybody. She, she was delusional, but that's completely different than this movie. Oh, except well, she, she just snapped and she just went on everybody for centuries. She, she couldn't control all her powers, so it just went out of control. <laughs> it looked pretty in control to me by the end. <laughs> uh, so it's it's again it's a matter of of how do you challenge challenge uh, channel it correctly. Um, but not that I necessarily advocate taking revenge on people. That's a whole other story. Well, and that's ultimately what makes Maria the bad guy is that she tries to take that away from the girl. Right. Right. That, yeah, that's the actual reason she's the bad person, because even if she does all those terrible things earlier and is mean to the mother and all this other stuff, the thing that really makes her the villain, because arguably Mike made a good point earlier, which is the woman is a better person from all the terrible things that happened to her. And she may be just lashing out at the wrong people. But when she decides to use her vengeance and anger against the girl, witch that she created, that's when she turns into the, the villain. She really is. Is she a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> Well, because because I mean, you know, here here's this this girl that, but is this girl that's really uh, done well for herself, has everything that Maria, the older witch, wanted, and at that point she just is the type of person that says, you know what, if you if I can't have it, you can't have it either. Yep. And that's just evil. And the whole time and, she's and, thinking, and this different. is going to fail. This is going to fail. She'll never be able right. to do this. And she's completely right. wrong. <laughs> right. And, and it's not like the, the younger witch, the girl witch, was rubbing it in or anything. It wasn't like she's, you know, saying, hi, I got one up on you. She just has to live a life and she's living a life and it turned out to be good. So, and she got right, no help like, from Maria like either. She was like, I'm done with you. Well, if you're done with me, then leave me alone. Go away. Yeah. Go <laughs> right. away. Right. You didn't exactly. help me figure stuff out, and now I got to do it on my own, and I'm doing it. And now you're going to try and take it away. Now, right. Let's also look at it from Maria's point of view. Maria was promised someone that you know you won't have to be alone. Right. You know she has been alone this whole time, and loneliness for most people kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um. So she she's alone and she she doesn't want to be alone. Unfortunately, she gets someone who wants to pet the bunnies and not drink them. (laughs) And is so and is just further frustrated by that. You know, again, think about this. From her perspective, she's had this thing for 16 years. I have no idea how 16 feels to an immortal being um, that's centuries old. Maybe it was just a short wait for her, like, you know, but or maybe it was an eternally long wait for her. But she's been promised this thing that she's finally going to get this thing that she's she wants or seems to want. And it is so, so disappointing, just like most children. Well, yeah, but at the same time, it feels like she tried for about five minutes before she gave up. So, well, I'm, I'm it, sure it feels like it was maybe two weeks that they were hanging out together yeah. before she was like, fuck this. I'm out. 
Right. And right. and I think that's where that part of it comes, because now we, we can also get into how much of it is the person and how much of it is, you know, their surroundings. Um, was she a, a bad witch because of society made her a bad witch or was she just predisposed to if things didn't go her way to to breaking bad? Right. Um, so it's you're right. I mean, we know the one problem is since these beings are immortal and you're dealing with a period in time where it's not like you can spot a movie, what decade it's set in just by looking at the technology. If it's a 20th century film, you know, back then you, you fast forward a hundred years, the village kind of still looks the same a hundred years later. You know, they aren't just suddenly walking around with cell phones. So we don't know how much time has passed, but I agree with you. It doesn't feel like a very long time. But I suspect she just assumed that she'd end up being, you know, a bloodthirsty creature of vengeance the way she is. Yeah, bitter and all this other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But I think the advantage of doing this whole growing up in a cave thing, which I don't know if this is actually how it would work in real life. I suspect not. Is that that she gets to come out as a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you oh. kind of remove that whole nature. So you've separated the, the, the nature from the nurture, kind of. Right. Now, again, I think in real life, if you lock someone in a hole and cut them off from human beings, that's that's probably called child abuse. And that's <laughs> well, going to fuck the kid also, up. Also, back to my question from the beginning of the movie, like, she doesn't want to give up her daughter till she's 16. You, what's the point if you're yeah. just going to throw her in a cave and chuck a loaf of bread in there every day. She basically her daughter, kept her a prisoner forever. Yeah, I mean, she <laughs> yeah. she basically created, but, you know, in a way, she created her defense against the witch as well. Not on purpose, well, but. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, Toy Story 2. What's the point of of having your toys if you're just going to lock them in a in a lucite case? <laughs> right. You know, well, well, well. But, but again, I mean, the, the mother was desperate. She she did what she did because she had to. It doesn't make sense logically, but it's better than going to the being taken away by a witch. But the thing is, is that the witch, the problem with the, the witch is that even if the girl wasn't. Yeah, but e- even if, if the, the witch has this this weird um, personality trait and and the girl happens to be i don't know um a clean slate i think the witch would have been a dink to this girl even if she was a normal child in other words she just wanted someone to have their so to to be like to torture yeah, exactly. So I, I, I don't, I, I don't think she would have been kind, even if the, if the witch, the young witch was evil. I don't think she would have been kind if the young I witch agree. was everything she wanted. I think yeah, she's totally she's agree. A bad bitch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She was going to so, be mean regardless. Yeah. So, so yeah. I just think think the the witch was evil. Uh, I mean, I mean, she's a witch. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, she has she she had a lot of things to hate the world for. But again, I think no matter what child she chose, that child was going to be an ab- abused by her no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it would have been a cycle where the child, which would have been an evil 
person too or bitter or whatever because life sucks but because she had this this weird thing where she didn't understand society the evil witches gave up on her and thought she was a waste and a a disappointment and a liability that she lucked out so yeah so uh that that that's that's probably true now uh what else do we want to talk about where, where else do we want to go with it with this movie um i think we've covered a lot of it already yeah yeah we sure did uh it's actually actually a really interesting movie when you when you think about it now it's slow <laughs> but it do, it does have a lot of interesting things about it um yep. and 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 i do like the interesting fact that the witch uh being a shapeshifter too the the young witch she chose not on purpose, but she chose uh, or could be able to choose different genders, too. And so she could live as a boy or a girl at points throughout, you know, this film. And or I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, or a cat or a dog. You're absolutely right. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then the, the the one she finally chooses is the little girl. And that's the way she would have gone probably for as long as she could have if, if, if Maria, the evil witch didn't come back and, and ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? Anything? Anyone? I think I've said my piece. All right. Same. Mike. Well, I think I'm done. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right. So, uh, I guess we can get into uh, some things that we've been watching uh, and things of that nature. Uh, maybe news, trailers, whatever anybody wants to bring up. Um, I guess I'll start because uh, I usually have nothing. Uh, but I have been watching something. I've, I've, I've gone back to actually watching TV, non-podcast related. Um, and so I've been watching a television series uh, that's on... HBO Max, uh, it's a new series. It just the season just wrapped up, and so I've been binging it. Uh, it's called. It's not not genre related, um, but it's it's really good. It's it's called Julia. Um, it's a series about um, Julia Child and her life. I was about to and, guess that. Yeah. 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 So so it's based on fact, but it's a you know you know it's a, a TV show that's actors playing the characters and, and stuff, but it is based on the, the real story generally. Um, and so I'm like four or five episodes in, and it's like eight or nine or 10 episode season. Um, it's really good. Uh, Julia Child is a part of my childhood. Um, I got into it because uh, I was looking for documentaries and I decided to watch the documentary Julia on C- uh, by CNN, but but it's now on HBO Max. It's a, like a two-hour documentary about Julia Child, and uh, while well, I was actually cutting vegetables. And after that, um, when I when I found it, they they have an ad for the TV series, and so I looked up the TV series to see what this was all about. And it was actually a, a, a main a big time main HBO television series uh, this year, and it's already been upped re-up for season two and so uh it's really good um if you like cooking if you like julia child uh high recommend and um i've been going to uh tubi fuck tubi 
Thank you. And uh, <laughs> watching some of uh, Julia Child's uh, episodes because uh, her seasons when she was um, on the, her, her original uh, show, The French Chef, um, they have the seasons on uh, Tubi. So I've been, I've been watching uh, that, that as well. So, uh, have you uh, ever I'll, seen the, uh, the SNL Julia Child skit, Phil? Oh my God, it's so funny! They actually show it in the documentary. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, and Julia Child thought it was hilarious. They, they she videotaped it and would play it <laughs> for her friends when, when they would come over uh, for house because she thought it was so funny. With Dan, Ackler. it was pretty good. Yep, yeah, yeah. it was awesome. So you know, someone's don't... cool when they can laugh at themselves. Yeah, indeed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, basically. Uh, the Dan Aykroyd's playing Julia Child really well, by the way, and he cuts his finger off, and <laughs> blood's going everywhere, and and she, quote unquote she as Julia Child uh, pretends that it's not there's no problem and it's just hilarious. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. Uh, actually, actually, one of the Julia Child episodes from the the French Chef that I watched, she was making uh, French lasagna. So the French version, and she uses cottage cheese. And since she's all French cooking, she knows like no other cooking really at all except French. Um, when she's talking about lasagna, she goes and what? And, and her shows alive without cuts, so there's a lot, a lot of bloopers and stuff. And she they just let <laughs> it in. It's hilarious. She goes, she goes, whatever that cheese they 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 use in in Italy. I have no idea what it's called, uh, but I use cottage <laughs> cheese. <laughs> it was hilarious. And I was shocked because I'm thinking, holy shit, this is like one of the best chefs ever. And she doesn't know ricotta cheese and she never used it. Well, back in the day, Phil, you couldn't look shit up on YouTube. You had to like yes. go to chef school to figure it out. Yeah, that's true. And, and again, she just focused and cared about French cooking and, and didn't really care about any other. So it was kind of funny, though, that she she was like clueless. And, <laughs> and the way she says it on, on the show, it's just hilarious. It's awesome. Anyway, that's 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 my my uh, what I've been watching, uh, not genre related. So uh, let's go with you, Eric. Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I rewatched everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I still think it's one of the best movies of the year. Everybody should check it out. Yeah, we got to do an episode on that. But I, I know it's uh it's it's I didn't know it was out already on VOD and stuff. Busted oh, yeah. VOD. I, I I bought it on disc too. Um. So, <laughs> uh, the only other thing I watched besides that is today, um, I watch, it's a two part documentary series, quote unquote, on Netflix. Uh, each episode is an hour long, so I don't know why, but whatever, um, about, it's called the Jimmy Seville, a uh, British horror story. Okay. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with this person. But uh, the whole thing is, is kind of horrifying. Um, he was a, uh, a British uh, celebrity. Uh, he started out as a DJ and then got his own television show. And um, uh, he oh. ended up being knighted at the recommendation of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, he's a um, rapist or something, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but for years and years and years, up until his death, everybody loved him. Um, because he did all this fundraising um, to to help uh, the mentally challenged in in the hospitals um, and the children specifically, so he did all this fundraising for children and got knighted. And then, as it turns out, 
Yeah, he's a pedophile. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's a little rough. Uh, May not be for everybody to to watch this. Um, But if you want to know the story of one of the uh, biggest horrible scumbags of all time, uh, you can check that out. It's Jimmy Seville, a British horror story on Netflix. Uh, and it's, you said it's a series, or is it just one up? It's, they they call it a series. It's it's two parts. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I'll have to check that out because uh, I I remember when that news came out a couple of years ago after his death, and it all yeah. broke. It was like holy smokes! So I was yep. curious to, to yeah, he see the fooled whole story. Everyone. Mm. Now that's real horror because it's real. That is, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and that's pretty much it outside of YouTube that I've been watching. Oh, oh, you've been watching YouTube stuff. What have you been watching on YouTube? Oh, I watch all sorts of stupid shit on YouTube. Uh, you know why? Because that's just, what they have on YouTube. I just found, right. uh, I discovered a channel called 7-4 Gear, hosted by a 747 pilot um, who talks about, um, he analyzes videos of like planes coming in for bad landings and uh Talks about behind-the-scenes stuff for piloting, and I don't know why, but I find it really interesting. So I've been watching a bunch of that. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I watch a lot of YouTube too, a lot of uh, cooking shows, and then a lot of um, political podcasts too. So, but yeah. neither of them are of interest for for uh, <laughs> this show here. Um, even though Julia Child was that, that that was that's good stuff. Anyway, um, let's go with you, Mike. Uh, I actually don't think I've been watching much. Um, I'm finishing. We're Better Call Saul is back, and we're finishing that up. Uh, I I really like the first two episodes. Now that we're in the back half, there's four episodes left. Um, and they 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 really pretty much this latest episode almost could have served as the series finale if they hadn't. Uh, introduced a flash forward series at the beginning you know, for the first five seasons of the show that they have to go back around and circle and connect to. Uh, but it looks like we're going to be getting a few, an episode or two during the better call, the, the breaking bad timeline as well. Um, and so, and obviously been watching Westworld because we are doing that podcast called bullets, brothels and bots, uh, that I highly recommend. Uh, other than that, not much. I've been, you know what? Speaking of, of Westworld, I've been kind of finished up Red Dead Redemption, which is really Red Dead Redemption Two, which is a three or four year old game by this point, uh, but is just really, really good and um, packed with detail. And you know, if you want to do an open world game where you could either, you know, be a good witch or a bad witch, a good cowboy or a bad cowboy, um, it's, I definitely recommend White it. White hat or black hat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, so and and, and like so I've plunked. I can't tell you how many hours into this game in the last three or four months. And I, I know I have not found close to everything that's there. I've got most of it, but I know I, that there's stuff I, I missed and I screwed up and you know whatever. It's it's I def, at this point it's going to be like a twenty dollar game. It's well worth your money. <laughs> I guess Mike's done. 
Oh, you know what? I did. I should. I watched Thor, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, and I was like, eh, not, not that impressed. Um, yeah, that's what everybody says. Yeah, I think it just, it, it, it. I think it just pushed the funny a little too hard, and it drained any of the. There really are the the two driving storylines kind of dark and emotional, and they turned it into a lighthearted comedy, and it's like, that's weird. These don't, these, this, these don't go together well. I actually had that problem with Ragnarok too, but Ragnarok had one dark story and one lighthearted story. Mm-hmm. This does not have a lighthearted story. It has a dark story with, a, with a, another story about cancer that's also, you know, just those are not lighthearted themes. Uh, no, but, dead child cancer survivor. No, that's not. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard 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 the backlash the film was getting um, by some some people to the point where they said there should be a warning or something before you even go into it. But I want to go back to Red, uh, your video game uh, commentary first. Uh, do, are you going to play the zombie version of it, Mike? Well, that's the Red Dead Redemption one. They didn't do this the zombie version for Red Dead Redemption two. Gotcha, um, gotcha. And by this point, it's been three or four years. They have not released any downloadable content. I don't imagine that they're going to, which is really bizarre. Um, and honestly, there's there is a, a a it's not a story. It's a an Easter egg. There is a ghost in Red Dead Redemption too, but there's also UFOs, time travel, and a robot storyline in it. So it leans more heavily into science fiction. So it makes me wonder if they were to go towards a fantastic storyline, if they might go more in the science fiction route than the zombie route. Yeah, right, right. Interesting. All right, sounds good, Mike. Uh, let's go to you, Barrett. Uh, let's see. So I'm watching Evil, which is probably one of my favorite shows on television. Uh, it's just a great show. Um, this season is even better than the last Uh and then let's see what else am I watching Westworld, of course. Um, I finally got to see Last Night in Soho. Um, and yeah, it's on HBO now. I think. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So I finally got to see that. I was pretty. I liked that movie. Um, so that was pretty good. And that's pretty much it, I think. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else show-wise that I'm watching. Uh, finished up Ms. Marvel. I'm not really the target audience for that. It was okay. There were some things I liked about it. Um, eh, in the MCU, that's why I watched it. But right. that's pretty much it. Yeah, that was oh, all no, right. that's it. good. All right, all right. So uh, I guess we can get into our final thoughts on "You Won't Be Alone." Uh, but before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascanty Podcast. That's spelled A S K A N C I T Y. You can get it wherever you found this one. Very good. And Eric, me, you, and Mike are doing a, a, a television series podcast right now. Yes, we are continuing our Westworld podcast called Bullets, Brothels, and Bots. Uh, you can find it on a dark discussion feed or it has its own feed. Uh, so if you're watching Westworld, uh, come hear our thoughts. That's right. And it's a Huffington Post mentioned podcast. <laughs> you're never going to let go of that, are you? Never. never. Uh, Mike, <laughs> me, you, and uh, Eric uh, do another podcast uh, about movies. 
Yes, we do. But Phil, I really got to say, it's so sad when you just can't let go of a thing that somebody said years ago. By the way, have I ever mentioned that Elvira said I was amazing? There you go. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> there you go. Well played. Yes, well played. That, is the, uh, that is the Cinema a la carte podcast where uh, you and Eric and I review uh, films that are not horror movies. We each take a turn picking a movie from uh, the distant Tom or recent Cruise past. Discography. Yes. <laughs> slowly making our way through the Tom Cruise uh, filmography. I, um, I'm curious. I'm some sort of tempted just to pick one and also tempted to just be the person who refuses to do it. <laughs> um, uh, but anyhow. Um, yeah, so uh, we we cover all sorts of genres. We've covered drama, and we've we've covered actually animated films. Uh, we've covered. We haven't done anything terribly funny yet. Although, well, I guess Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you could argue, goes under the comedy yeah, category. Comedy ish. Uh, you know, so um, yeah, we did like The Edge, and we did Collateral, and uh, History of Violence, and. Um, hostels so i mean look we are who we are we do have an a, 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 an affection for some of the darker things so some of these films are still kind of dark you know and but there are some lighthearted ones like inside out so yeah so give us a shot uh that that comes out semi-regularly we, we only record a few times a year because it really when can we squeeze it in All right, sounds good. And uh, Barrett, uh, myself and you, along with uh, random co-hosts, uh, just uh, wrapped up uh, the month of June, a podcast, and we'll come back probably later this year. What's that all about? Halloween Boutique psych- Psychotronic Reviews. Um, we just finished out Pride Month in June. Uh, we did a film a week uh, for that. And we do have some other show podcasts we're going to be doing in the meantime before we come back with Halloween boutique psychotronic stuff. That's right. Um, all right. So uh, I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this film here. So, uh, Eric, uh, you won't be alone. Final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts on this movie are I really liked it. Uh, I think it's a very well made movie. Um, I didn't find it particularly scary. Um, so it's probably not going to top my list at the end of the year for horror movies. Um, but just as, uh, admiring the, uh, the craft, um, uh, and the meat of what the director was getting at, I really enjoyed this movie, uh, and would recommend it if you're into the slow burn art house type of film. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, after discussing it, I actually like it even more, um, again, because it has witches and deaths and stuff. Um, and, and it is considered a Halloween film. I mean, not a Halloween film, a horror film by most folks. Uh, it'll be considered a horror film by me. Uh, Eric does have a fair point, uh, especially the last hour. It's not scary. Uh, even though the, I felt the first 20 minutes was, was, but, um, I, I think I could put it as a top 10, maybe a top five. Again, it depends on uh, uh, what the rest of the year uh, gives us. Uh, but all in all, it's, it's, it's a pretty solid film. And uh, I recommend, as Eric said, if you like art house kind of slow burn um, films. So, yeah, uh, thumbs up. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, I like the film. I think I like it more after we talked about it. Um, like I said, the one downside for me was the, the slowness coupled with the subtitles, 
um, I was I was losing my attention at sometimes, so um, it caused me to miss some things and have to rewind. But all in all, I thought the message I liked the message of the film, and I liked what it was trying to say, at least what I thought it was trying to say. And I th- loved the cin- cinematography and the story. All right, sounds good, uh, Mike. Yeah. So as I mentioned, my viewing experience was unusual, and it's really hard for me to effectively rate the movie um because of that i I would really need to give to give it a fair shot um as opposed to trying to judge what i think i would think about the movie i would need to sit down and watch it again really from beginning to end when i wasn't mentally and physically exhausted i could stay awake through the whole thing and watch it in sequence so (laughs) but i think there's a lot to chew on here i think there's a lot of really well done stuff uh, it's a beautifully shot film. Uh, that said, you know, you, I, I've often say it's not what the film is saying, it's how does it say it. And you could love the message and still tell a shitty movie, shitty story, and or tell it in a terrible way, and it's not going to work for people. I don't think this is t- crappy, but I think it is definitely uh, catered to a particular audience that is not going to be for everybody. Uh, because it is subtitled, number one, thanks, Swedes. It is uh, v- very deliberately paced and very, like, it's a very quiet film. It's got a very even tone. It's also not a film, you know, that has a lot of humor in it. You know, like, you're not going to laugh out loud at anything, really, in this. Uh, it's interesting, and that's kind of the tone it has through most of it. I don't like Eric said, I don't really I don't find it scary. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably won't find it scary. I don't know that there's much in it that I found disturbing, although if you don't like watching babies mutilated, go figure. Uh, I guess that could be a problem Um, or violence to animals. But I don't. But even then, it's a very matter of fact way and not a um, exploitation kind of way. So, like I said, it's, it's really hit or miss as to whether you are the audience and if you're an older viewer you should have an idea what your appetite is in films um this is not the one to watch with a party you know and have it may turn into a drinking game um although that might be an interesting experience what would be the you're not alone drinking game every time you see claws right oh there you go there you go oh every time someone gets their their chest ripped out drink oh that's a good one too (laughs) Uh, every time you see boobs, that's true too. There's a lot of that. Great. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. Uh, uh, well, just just saying the facts. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I know it's a weird thing to say, but um, and, and that's all my on me. But it's yeah, I, I certainly think it's worth checking out. If you can watch, if you can enjoy watching a movie like The Witch, you, you could at least give this one a try. Or Midsummer. That's what I was thinking too, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, that's fair. Anything else, Mike? Nope. All right. Sounds good. So uh, once again, uh, this film is called "You Won't Be Alone." Unfortunately, a fairly generic title. Uh, the film premiered at Sundance, and. Uh, was actually uh, theoretically released by Focus Features. How about that? In the United States, I didn't see that. Um, so it did get picked up by 
one of those big art house uh, companies uh, in the States. Uh, the film stars Sari Kilmoska, Anna Maria Marinka, Alice Englert, Felix Maritod, Carlotto Coda, and Numi Rapace, directed in his directorial debut, Goran Stolovesky, as well written by Goran Stolovesky. Uh, most of the stuff that he's done prior to this has been screenwriting, uh, mostly in Australia. And uh, this film here is the foreign language film uh, in Ma- the Macedonian language in Macedonia, where um, I believe it was actually filmed. Um, the film is available anywhere you pick VOD rentals up. However, if you do have a subscription to Peacock, say it, Eric. Peacock. You can get it for free there and watch it there. Um, so, that is where I watched it, FYI. <laughs> oh, there you go. Excellent. So there you go. So uh, that's pretty much our episode for tonight. And start looking on the Facebook group because we're going to have a poll of 12 films where you can choose our 550th episode. Uh, so go to Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where you can vote. Uh, that'll be up within the next, I would say, by the, at least the, probably the end of uh, August or at least the first, I mean, the end of July or at least uh, the first week of August, uh, most likely. Uh, so go and look there. And all that stated, Eric, why don't you leave us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about You Won't Be Alone. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. Until then, don't pee on my cock. Yeah.